0: I'm sorry that the sound on this tape is poor and perhaps the content is a little mixed however we have just presented it as it is and trust that you will feel the effort is worthwhile please read 2nd Kings chapter 8 where the Lord hath called for a famine also take note in your Bible where Amos is, so that you may follow the reading from Amos later on. Soon Elisha will die. There's a tape which deals with the rapture of Elijah by Whirlwind. Again, there was a gap in the recording and we held it back. But now on reflection, we will let you hear this one as well the remainder of the tape is quite challenging actually so we will finish this mini-series eventually uh, with that particular tape we send our sincere Christian greetings to all thank you for your forbearance and for your faithfulness in listening to our talks may God bless you all Thank you.
1: A few weeks ago we, we did look, uh, probably a bit longer than that, we did look at the story of the Shunammite woman and how she uh, built a room up in her house for Elisha so that when he passed by that way that he could go in and relax. It was a, a lovely gesture and she filled it up with various things. And I must admit, I I don't think I've ever heard anybody speaking about the sequel to this that story. But this woman then kept in touch, obviously, with Elisha. And then we have the story here, that Elisha was speaking to her one day, and he said, get away, there's going to be a famine. God has called for a famine. That's interesting, isn't it? God has called for a famine. This would appear to be before the famine in Samaria, because of certain little details. But God had proclaimed that there was going to be a famine. Because of the idolatry of the Israelites and because of the sin of the Israelites, they had been warned away back. Away back in Deuteronomy, we look at the first, about from chapter 5 to 7 of Deuteronomy, we have constantly, God war- Moses was warning the people, he says, I'm not going to go into the promised land, but when you go in, be sure that you keep to the, the laws of God. And if you do that, you'll, you'll prosper, but if you don't, God will bring punishment upon you. And we saw that when they, they did go in, they, they didn't drive out all the people they were supposed to drive out they, they started worshipping the gods of the people around them and gods cause and event I suppose you could say came into, into effect cause and effect because they refused to obey God then the land went into decline and God allowed them eventually to be taken to Babylon we know the story so well so at this time God was calling for a famine God was permitting this famine to come upon the land because of the idolatry and the sin of the children of Israel it's interesting actually that he called for a famine and Elisha says it's going to last seven years you remember when when Elijah was being taken up and just before he was taken up Elisha went with him and he kept telling him to wait here and he says no I'm going to follow you and he said, I want, uh, I want a double portion of your blessing. It's interesting that the, the famine in Elijah's time lasted three and a half years, and the one at Elisha's time lasted seven years. Uh, I don't know whether that was much of a blessing for the people around, but it's just, it's an interesting point. Uh, he'd asked for a double portion. And Elijah, Elisha here, he advises the woman, he says, there's going to be a problem, there's going to be a famine, and I want you to Be prepared for it. Be prepared for for this famine. God's judgment was coming on his people. I want you to be prepared. Let's look over at Amos. The book of Amos. And chapter 8. I want to read a passage from that as well. Sorry, we have two longish readings, but they're interesting chapters. And it's better the Word of God. If we read the Word of God, it's better than anything I'll ever say. 573 Five, in the Church Bible. Thank you. The prophet had a vision of some ripe fruit, but we read on from verse 4. Hear this, O ye that swallow up the needy even to make the pearl of the land to fail saying when will the new moon be gone that we may sell corn and the Sabbath that we may set forth wheat making the ephah small and the shekel great and falsifying the balances by deceit the people had gone into sin and they had a form of religion they had this form of religion they went obviously to the, the sacrifices but they were saying I wish the Sabbath was over So we could get back to making money And when will the, the feast be over The new moon be over That we may sell corn again When will the Sabbath That we may sell for, f- f- sell wheat again And they, they were making the ephah small They were making the, 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 the weight small But they were making more money as a result They were living in a very materialistic society And it, it just struck me that This is what's happening today the Bible is very up to date in its descriptions of things that are happening. That we may buy the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of shoes. All this talk in the last few days about uh, the G8 summit. And there's another group meeting in Africa at the moment. And they're falling what hopefully will be a type of a, a European Union only but for Africa. So that they won't be subject to all the market forces which are causing such poverty and difficulties in Africa. That we may buy the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of shoes and sell the refuse of the wheat. Selling all the, the cheap sweetens up as good things. The Lord hath sworn by the excellency of Jacob, surely I will never forget any of their works. Shall not the land tremble for this and everyone mourn that dwelleth therein? And it shall rise up wholly as a flood and it shall be cast out and drowned as by the flood of Egypt, like the Nile flooding, with the monsoons, the the, the, flood, the annual floods. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. And I will turn your feasts into mourning, and all your songs into lamentation. And I will bring up sackcloth upon all loins, and boldness upon every head. And I will make it as the morning... As of an only son. We were talking about the sign of mourning. Was the, the, the bare head. Do you remember last week with uh, Naaman. Uh, and the end thereof. As a bitter day. Things are going to be bad he said. Behold the days come said the Lord. That I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread. Nor a thirst for water. But of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea. And from the north even to the east And they shall run to and fro To seek the word of the Lord And shall not find it People will be looking to hear The the true word of God And they won't be able to find it Because there's going to be a famine Of the hearing of the word of God And we can see that Happening in our land In that day Shall the fair virgins and young men Faint for thirst They that swear about the sin of Samaria And that say Thy God, O Dan, liveth, and the manner of Beersheba liveth, even they shall fall, and never rise up again. God's judgment, it said here, was coming. There was going to be a famine of hearing of the word of God. God wasn't going to speak to his people anymore. And sometimes as we look out on our country today, we see that there is a dearth of people who are prepared To stand up and speak the true word of God There's a famine In the land Let's look Over at 1 Kings 12 And verse 25 You see what has happened It says here thy God o Dan, liveth and the manor of Beersheba liveth even they shall fall and never rise up again then Jeroboam built Shechem in Mount Ephraim and dwelt therein and went out from thence and built Penuel and Jeroboam said in his heart now shall the kingdom return to the house of David if this people go up to do sacrifice to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem Then shall the heart of this people turn again unto their Lord, even unto Rehoboam king of Judah. And they shall kill me, and go again to Rehoboam king of Judah. Whereupon the king took counsel, and made two calves of gold, and said unto them, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And he set one in Bethel, and he put the other in Dan. That's what Amos is talking about here. He says, the trouble is, they've set up other gods. They've set up other gods. And the the frightening thing is that they set up a god in Bethel. They set up one of these calves in Bethel. And Bethel means the house of God. And one of these false gods was set up right in the place that was called the house of God. It's such a, a picture. Bethel. In Genesis God said I am the God of Bethel I am the God of Bethel And yet here Israel had set up A false calf to be worshipped Right in the place You know when Abraham left his land He came and he came into the land of Canaan And he set up At the very start of his journey into Canaan He set up an altar In Bethel The house of God And Israel had gone So far away from God so far away that now they had set up an altar in Bethel the very place where God had set his name where he had said I am the God of Bethel it's no wonder that things were going bad it's no wonder that God had decided to set up his kingdom again and to cause a famine to come Read that chapter in Amos 8 when you go home and see how it applies so much to our situation today. We have set up false gods right in the churches of the present day. Because Israel has sinned there was going to be a famine. and this time it was a famine of the hearing of the word of God. God wasn't going to speak to them. But let's get back he said to this woman and it's interesting again, we don't know it's amazing the number of times in scripture we have stories about people and we don't know their names you know the woman who sat at the well we don't know her name, the woman who was healed by touching the hem of his garment, we don't know her name we we don't know the name of this woman the Shunammite, it's just known as the Shunammite woman, strange isn't it But in any case, the Shunammite woman was told to be prepared. We need to be prepared. We need to be prepared. Satan is going round like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And we we sang that uh, hymn earlier on. Talked about the armor. God has given us his armor. God has given us all the tools whereby we can be prepared for whatever comes. In Ephesians it says, put on the whole armor of God and it said that in the hymn it said each piece put on with prayer we don't take it off there was, friends, there was a friend of ours who used to say every time she got up in the morning she she used to put on the armour of God she used to in, in her mind she was saying I'm putting on the shield of faith but you know we shouldn't take it off we don't take it off and we go to bed and then put it on again in the morning we need to be constantly using the armour of God mm-hmm. Ephesians 6, 13 to eighteen, we haven't time to, to read it all, but read it. It's, uh, put on the whole armor of God. The word of truth. Uh, the the breastplate of righteousness. Maybe we will read it. Just make sure I get it right. Ephesians <laughs> <Catholician> six. <coughs> we don't wrestle against blood, uh, flesh and blood. we against. We're, we're, Satan is going around, and his his. Uh, principalities and things are there and we need to be prepared take unto you the whole armour of God there's no point in putting on bits of it we have to put on the whole armour that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace the shield of faith And faithfulness, the same word actually, the shield of faith and the shield of faithfulness, wherewith you shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked, and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and praying always in the Spirit uh, and supplication, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Put on the whole armor of God. Be prepared as as Elisha recommended this woman that she should be prepared for the adversary and the troubles that were coming be prepared for the famine that's what he was telling her you know in the daily Telegraph uh, every day there's a text in the personal column and yesterdays i i, I read it it said, uh, the actual verse was, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. And I, I, th- that verse struck me yesterday as I read it. The verse before it says, If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. It's always good to read the verse before and the verse after at least. So we get the context. And then he said, these things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you. And that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. And George spoke about that verse a few Sundays ago. That is the criteria. You know, that we love one another as I have loved you. A new commandment give I unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you cost him, his love for us cost him his life that's the kind of sacrifice that God wants of you and me and that's the kind of standard of our love for each other as I have loved you so ye must love one another that it was the fact that Jesus said if you want my joy to remain in you to remain in you we can have the joy of the law, But we want to make sure it remains in us And if we want that joy to remain in us Then we have to go back to the previous verse If ye keep my commandments Ye shall abide in my love As I have kept my father's commandments And abide in his love These things have I spoken unto you That my joy might remain in you Even in famine Even in adversity We can have joy Not that going around like a sheshire cat or something with a smile on your face it's the fact that we have that inner peace that inner joy which only comes through complete obedience to his commands the joy of the Lord is your strength that's what Nehemiah told the workers when they were around trying to against all the opposition we had Sanballat and Tobiah and all these fellows who were causing difficulties And Nehemiah says The joy of the Lord is your strength Trust in the Lord The joy of the Lord is your strength And he was telling her That even in the famine here Even in famine We can trust God And the woman woman arose And did After the saying of the man of God She was obedient to the voice of God Through the prophet We want to be ready that if we are going to survive in the famine and in the adversities that may come upon us, we need to make sure that we obey the voice of God. That's the secret. Let me go on with the story that as it happened, Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, was talking to the king and the king was saying, "Tell tell me all about Elisha. Uh, he must have known a bit about Elisha because uh, Naaman had been cleansed and uh, he had sent details to the king of Syria and all the rest of it we know the story and he said tell me about it and he was telling you know there was this woman a Shunammite woman and uh, we, her son was healed and then he says here's the woman here the woman came into the palace to see the king what had happened was she'd gone away the famine had ended and she'd come back, and obviously her lands had been taken over by somebody else, and she she wanted her lands back. And he says, "This is this is the woman, this is the woman, my lord O oh king. This is the woman, and this is her son. He was with her. I suppose the young fellow now must have been about if if." if uh, when, when he was healed, he was he, he hadn't been working in the field. He'd just gone out with his father, say he was four or five years old. He was probably about 12 or 13 maybe at this stage. And he was with his mother. And there, he was a walking example of, of a miracle. And, and the king said, Yes, we restore all her lands and all the fruits of the fields. But since the day she left, even until now, she was to get all the profits, all the returns. He was going to be not out of pocket. And you know, if we follow what God wants us to do, He will make up for us. We will not lose our God, God will provide for His beloved. The psalmist said, I have been young and now I am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed Begging. Now a wonderful thing. God will provide for our needs. We have his word on it. You know, the Shunammite woman, I f- felt when I was looking at this last night, must have felt like the verses in Joel. Joel chapter 2 and verse 25. You needn't turn to them. i read them out. And I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you and ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wonderful, wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed we'll never be ashamed if we trust in God That's the that's the secret of this story she was given back all her lands God provided for her abundantly and then we go on with the story. Elijah then went on to Damascus. and I, You see, Damascus was in the enemy territory. Why did he go to Damascus? We don't know why he went to Damascus. But there are a couple of things which are strange. Where was Naaman? Where had Naaman gone to? He'd gone back. The last thing we knew about Naaman was that he'd gone back. And he brought this earth back with him so that he could worship God. Maybe he'd left the, 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 the king's service by this. Or maybe because he, he had decided to worship God that somebody else was appointed in the street. We don't know, but where was Naaman? Had he been replaced because of his newfound faith? Or uh, did, did Elisha go to, to Damascus to encourage him maybe? Naaman had still been in favor surely Hazael uh, wouldn't have been sent to Elisha it would have been Naaman would have gone but it's only speculation I just wondered where Naaman got to (laughs) we don't know but one thing we do know that the king of Damascus the king of Syria knew that the prophet Elisha was a man of God even in the enemy country Elisha was known as a man of God well, that's a challenge to us isn't it how do people know us how, what do people know about us when, when they meet us in the, in, the, in the street do they know of us as being a person who is prepared to stand up for God they knew that he was a man of God and you know this man Ben Hadad the king he still thought He still was of the opinion that he could buy favours from God. The king of Syria had sent Naaman off to the king of Israel with a whole entourage of money and suits and everything else. And he did the same again. He sent him every good thing of Damascus. Forty camels' burdens. Now, we don't know whether... Elisha took any of those things or not I have a feeling he didn't but he was worried because he had a disease he had a disease and he was concerned and all he wanted to know was am I going to get better the Jews say he had leprosy but he was concerned that he had this disease there are many people out there in the world that have a disease it's called sin But some of them think that they can work their way to heaven. But at least this man went to the right source. He went to the man of God. May we be known as people of God so that when people need to know the way of salvation, they are prepared to come to you and to me. And then we come to this strange story about Hazael. And Elisha said to him Go and say unto your master Thou mayest certainly recover Howbeit the Lord hath showed me that he Your master is going to die Oh yes it was possible for him to recover But he says He's going to die And he Hazael uh, looked at him he settled his countenance, his countenance steadfastly until he was ashamed and the man of God wept Elijah kept looking at him and he could see through discernment and through the gift of prophecy that God had given him he, he could see that this man was going to, to, to kill his, his, his king and also he was going to do terrible things to the children of Israel The whole story is strange If you go way back to 1 Kings When Elijah Was in the cave And God told him to go back And do certain things He told him to appoint Elisha As his successor He told him to appoint Jehu As king of Israel And to appoint Hazael To anoint Hazael King of Syria I always found that hard to understand I still do why God told Elijah to anoint Hazael king of Syria. We know no record of, of him doing that. But here Elisha confirms that prophecy. He says. Uh, the Lord hath showed me in verse 13. That thou shalt be king of Syria. Strange. God had showed him how he was going to be. Because he was going to assassinate the king. And take over. But that was prophesied. By Elijah. And God had told Elijah to anoint this man. As king of Syria. And this man Hazael was still going to do horrible things. To the children of Israel. And he did. And if you go. A little bit. If you you go a a few verses further on you'll see that in actual fact that is exactly what happened but first of all go to 2nd Chronicles 24 it all came to pass in the, the the rule of a man called Joash who ruled Judah And this man was seven years old when he began to reign and he reigned 40 years in Jerusalem. And Joash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. Not all the days of his life as it usually says but all the days of Jehoiada the priest. And he was a remarkable young man and he did some fantastic things. He, 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 he ordered a, a dedication of the temple, he rededicated the house of the Lord, and he ordered, he, he organized collection boxes, big huge uh, crates, he put the money into it, and he, he rededicated a lot of the implements, and implement, implements which he himself had made. And the king and Jehoiada gave it to, so to such as did the work of the service of the house of the Lord And hired masons and carpenters to repair the house of the Lord And also such as wrought iron and brass to mend the house of the Lord And when they had finished it they brought the rest of the money before the king and Jehoiada Whereof were made vessels for the house of the Lord Even vessels to minister and to offer withal and spoons and vessels And they burnt offerings in the house of the Lord continually all the days of Jehoiada this young man he he was king and he, he, he did this work to repair and to restore the house of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada but then disaster Jehoiada the priest died he had this godly man this godly priest called Jehoiada who was guiding him and helping him In the work of the Lord But Jehoiada had to die sometime And he died at 130 And then Disaster struck He had this guiding hand And that man guided this young king And for 40 years he did that which was right Or just about 40 years He did that which was right In the sight of the Lord but then things went completely haywire. You know, we need the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our life. Jesus said in John 16, "Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, and he shall receive of mine and show it unto you we need to listen to the Holy Spirit who will guide us and direct us if we will just tune in and listen to what he has to say to us but unlike Joash Jehoiada died Jesus said that the spirit of truth he shall abide with you forever and if we listen and are guided by him he will stay with us and guide us all through our lives and then also there's a lesson we can learn from this too. we need the fellowship of other people Paul said forsake not the assembling of yourselves together he knew that we are all part of a body and that part, the body has to to knit together and we have to have fellowship with other Christians we have to uh, react with other Christians and they will keep us also in fellowship and in truth we need that when he lost the the fellowship of Jehoiada things went haywire. Jehoiada's son Zechariah he came and he started to try and uh, help the the young well the the king and and they killed him they killed him and then in 2nd Kings 12 Syria came up to attack Israel 2nd Kings chapter 12 soon after this reform had taken place 2nd Kings 12 and 18 17 and Hazael king of Assyria went up and fought against Gath and took it and then Hazael set his face to go up to Jerusalem He came to go to Jerusalem. This man Hazael. And Joash went to pieces. Instead of being prepared to stand up for the truth. And stand up against the people that were going to attack. And if you'd remembered what Moses had said to the people in Deuteronomy. It says... In Deuteronomy 7 If thou shalt say in thine heart These nations are more than I How can I dispossess them Then thou shalt not be afraid of them But shalt remember What the Lord thy God did unto Pharaoh Unto all Egypt Moses had said when this happens When you see an army coming against you Remember what God has done Remember that we have faith in the God Who brought us out of the land of Egypt and when we are attacked personally in our lives, remember that we have God and we have his Holy Spirit and that God has defeated Satan at Calvary and that we, with God, are in the majority and greater is he that is in you that is in the world we have, we're on the victory side and Joash, what did he do? he had just a few years previously dedicated the temple to the, to the uh, and, and the goods that he had made For the service of God. What did he do? Joash, king of Judah. Took all the hallowed things. That Jehoshaphat and Jehoram and Hazai. His fathers kings of Judah had dedicated. And his own hallowed things. And all the gold that was found in the treasures of the house of the Lord. And in the king's house. And sent it to Hazael king of Syria. And Hazael went away. But you know he came back another day if we start compromising with any error it will only come back to haunt us in another form some other day remember that he should have remembered that God was on his side that God had taken them out of the land of Egypt against all the odds he compromised the sacred things of the Lord compromise always causes disaster and so it says in 2nd Kings 13 the next chapter the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel and he delivered them into the hand of Hazael king of Syria and into the hand of Ben-Hadad the son of Hazael all their days and it says Hazael king of Syria oppressed Israel all the days of Joahaz. Ahaz didn't send them away he came back and he oppressed them God has given us the armour to withstand the evil one God has given us his word whereby we have to trust and if we compromise with evil that evil will keep coming back to us we have to as the hymn said stand up stand up for Jesus it's a sad sad story about how Israel succumbed to Hazael it's a strange story but if we get anything out of it God has prepared the wherewithal for us to withstand and may we put on the whole armor of God and then it says having done all to stand